0: Hey folks, it's Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in crowdfunding land? Everybody doing great? Another week in the books? Man. Man. We're going to, man, Christmas is going to be here like this. We got Halloween coming up soon. We got Thanksgiving. You know, what a great time of year, man. I, I tell you, I do love it, man. It, this time of year gets more and more special when you have kids. Um, and it just feels so cool when the the, the the leaves and the weather starts to change. And you get to put on the, you know, your sweatshirts and all that stuff. You get to bring out clothes from uh, from, from the closet that you haven't seen in, you know, four or five months. You get, you know, some new friends, Right. What's great for me is um, uh, I get to wear my poncho around fall, and for some of you that know me, my poncho is epic, and maybe I'll put a photo of it, um, uh, I'll put a photo of me wearing it um, in this podcast so that you guys can can see how glorious this, po- uh, this poncho is, and the story behind it is I actually got it in New York City um, at a thrift store, man, this might be even 15 years ago, holy cow, I'm getting old. So um but i love it and i know it pisses my wife off and her and i are fighting right now so i thought what's a better time to to bring out the poncho than now right this is the best time to wear it right yeah that way you get a little dig in and and you get to sport this awesome awesome looking um outfit so yeah i'm gonna definitely gonna put a picture up i'm gonna go put it on right after i do this uh intro so uh on today's episode we got a really good conversation um with a very successfully funded Kickstarter right now, uh, the Kickstarter is ICU, the interactive horror game show, and the creator is Kenan Mossman, but he also goes by Kraken. And uh, Kenan and I had a great conversation around. Um, he's got a very unique idea about interactive video games, and he's a huge YouTube. Um, I don't know if he's a video star, whatever you want to call it, but he plays video games basically for a living uh, on YouTube. And he got into the USC um, program and, and ended up creating this game that uses Twitch TV. Um, you know what? I'm doing this i 'm not doing justice by me trying to explain it right now you got to stick around for the episode because um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. what I really dug a, um, a lot about um, the idea he has though is the way interactiveness is working in video games with the way the crowd is participating in this forum and, and the reason i 'm so intrigued with that is is that's something that um, the woodshed agency here uh, has has played around with a ton because we love interactive video technology so if you go to our page you can actually play rock paper scissors um i i know you're like what but if you go to the woodshed page and you scroll down two clicks whatever you scroll two scrolls down you see the rock paper scissors click on that and you can actually play an interactive game and outside of that um at the end of GBS we were working with interactive video technology where as you were watching the video of a, of the band playing you could click on anything you wanted in the video to to either buy from us or learn more about it so interactive video technology it's man i've been playing with it now for two and a half almost 3 years and it's not yet fully matured in the marketplace because i think we're you know we're at, you know we're consuming video even you know differently now but it's technology that I am incredibly excited about, and that was that was something that I really really dug from this conversation. So, like I said, that's going to be coming up a little bit later. So, um, but yeah, so we got another week in the books here, you know. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but um, I'm starting to create video. So, if you're following us, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that world. But we just started a new video, um, new video series where it's just kind of me just giving thoughts around crowdfunding. Um, short videos, are a minute, sometimes two minutes long, but but man, they've been fun to create. So, I actually went out and bought um, uh, some video gear to uh, work with my iPad Pro, so that I'm able to create these things really quickly. And what I'm, um, what we're trying to really focus on right now for Woodshed is to really find a way to to create these as quickly as possible and try to create some sort of um, formula for our clients to use. So, um, if you've seen any of the videos, they roughly take us about maybe 40 minutes tops, maybe, maybe an hour, maybe I'll give it. I'll say it's an hour for me. It's, it takes me about 20 to 30 minutes to actually create them. Um, uh, and then I send them over to Sean and he has he he um we took a had a couple stabs at it but he basically made a template that we can then plug and play. So if you're enjoying those please let us know and if you have any feedback let us know too because like I said we're trying to find a system that that um helps us do this sort of thing for our clients um um but yeah so yesterday um I had had a chance to go down to my parents house for a little bit and um you know I took my daughter down with me because she didn't have preschool so Um, So I wanted to go down and actually kind of hang out with my dad because, you know, I I think I've said multiple times on this, my dad's health is a whole other conversation. But um, I also got to hang out with my my grandma, so great grandma. And, man, was I sucked into some anxiety yesterday. Um, Not my own, but just really realizing how much anxiety has filled my family. Um, And it's, man, is it disruptive. And... I'm so hoping that my kids don't get it because it is, basically I spent all day hearing about all the things that are going to happen to my daughter because she didn't supposedly wear a warm enough outfit. I mean, literally, and I I don't know how to describe it more than, but this was like three hours of like, you know, oh my God, she's going to get so sick. So sick. Jeff. Oh. You know, you're nearly not taking very good care of her. She's gonna be so sick. You know, over and over and over. Then we end up going to um, one of the little farms. I, I come from a farmland, but you know, we went to a farm to to get some pumpkins and stuff like that. And like literally, I've got this is probably a twenty minute journey total. And we're getting ready to go, and my grandma's all of a sudden she's like, "Oh my god, I'm Lee Okay, I'm gonna go buy an outfit somewhere." It's like we live in the middle of the country. You're not going to buy an outfit somewhere. What are you talking about, right? So I have to convince her, like, no, you don't need to go. My daughter's fine. I am a, I am a capable parent. I don't need to be, uh, you know, treated this way, frankly. You know, and then behind the scenes, I have my dad. He's just sitting in a chair. He can't move. He's got a stiff neck. It's like, oh, my God, you people. What are you guys doing? And I know you've all got family drama out there. Everybody's got it. But, man, was it hitting home yesterday. Um, you know, it, it was just... It's so frustrating, you know, to see, and and I try, you know, I, I don't realize how much I have to deal with it around me, and but boy, it was yesterday one of those days. But it was nice. I mean, we ended up going out to um, Stutz's farm. I'll give a little shout out to the Stutz's Stutz's farm. You know, yeah. Hey guys, if you're ever in Southeast Michigan, uh, more like more like Ida, Michigan, because that's where I'm from, and you're you got you just got to go get some pumpkins, or you've got to see some chickens and turkeys, right? you got to go to Stutz's it's out on Lewis Avenue. It's great. <laughs> I-, I wonder how many of you are going to take me up on that. Um, maybe I can get a referral code or something like that. <laughs> so stupid. But, uh, you know, got to take my daughter out there and she got to play and, uh, you know, um, look at some bunnies, horses and whatnot. But, uh, that was yesterday, you know, little Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon with the family, the Wenzels. But, all right. So that's enough of, of me kind of rambling. So, like I said, um, again, please do me some favors, right? A couple favors. I kind of bring these up almost every time around this this time of the co- in the podcast. But you know, it make sure you tell a friend if you're liking this. Make sure you subscribe. Um, we gotta get just gotta get more listeners. That's our goal here. So if you know somebody who's thinking about crowdfunding, send them our podcast. Um, if you want to join our crowdfunding com- community, you just go to the website, click the little button at the top that says "Join Our Community." I know that's complicated. And then sign up, and we've got a really strong network um, and community behind the scenes, just discussing crowdfunding. And uh, you can ask questions, or we, when we talk more than just crowdfunding, we talk social media, digital marketing, um, we talk all that stuff. So, um, so join up there; it's free, and my whole team's in there, and we are doing lots of conversations there. So, those are two things you can do, and then now the third thing. You know, if there's if you're not getting enough of me, is uh, check out the videos. Make sure you're following us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. You know, all of the networks, all the social media stuff out there. And um, but yeah, so let me go ahead and kick it to my conversation with Keenan from the video game ICU. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. Was it me that lost How's it going, man?
1: How's it going, Jeff?
0: Well, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. How about yourself?
1: Doing okay. It's been a busy, uh, busy week, but you know, high spirits. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, you got to be feeling
0: pretty good. You've got a very successful Kickstarter campaign uh, uh, going on right now.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been a crazy time. We're just trying to our heads around it and, you know, make the most of it.
0: Sure. So, um, why don't we just start real quick by you kind of telling my listeners what your campaign is and what, what the project's about.
1: Sure. Um, so my name is Keenan. I also go by Kraken online. I've been doing YouTube videos for the last eight years, um, and streaming on Twitch for the last five years. Uh, but also studying game development for the last three years. And so my goal since I was a kid was to ultimately develop a game of my own. Um, And so what we came up with while at school at USC um, was this project called ICU, uh, which is essentially an interactive horror game set on a dystopian uh, TV show where the player is a streamer, um, going through as the contestant of this game show and their audience um, on Twitch is also the audience in this game show that is live interacting with their playthrough by voting on modifiers for the level and purchasing events um, that'll affect them as they're they're trying to survive the you know the game show itself.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a huge video gamer, but there's not much this doesn't really exist right now, or if it does, it's very limited, correct?
1: That is that is correct. Um, we are kind of taking a big leap of faith here, and that's kind of why we wanted to go through Kickstarter is is prove this is kind of a new medium for for interactive play that people are interested in, um, where instead of kind of establishing oh it's a multiplayer game where there are four players on each side or oh it's an MMO where there's like a hundred people in a server or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're essentially designing a game where there could be any number of people on both sides. You know, there's there's always going to be one streamer, um, but how many viewers they have is going to vastly kind of change their experience as they go through the level. Um, for example, if you were to play, uh, let's say with just your mom watching or like your mom and two friends, um, Mm -hmm. you would have a very small kind of sample size audience, but the agency of those viewers, um, would be so much higher because they are, you know, so much more of a percentage of the viewing, the viewing audience. When they vote for things, they essentially get to DM or, you know, dungeon master, uh, the experience through this level um, versus instead, if let's say you have two thousand or five thousand viewers right now, um, it's like a hive mind is voting for what they want to happen, and now suddenly like there's this emergence of like you know teams like oh I want him to go through you know the cave or I know I want him to go through uh, you know the tree line, um, and then they start voting for kind of what they want you to do, and as a as a streamer, you're kind of at the mercy of the, the populace.
0: What what does what does that look like for gameplay then if, you know, let's just say I, you know, cause it, it seems to me from the videos, it looks like it's still a little bit first person, correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And
0: then, so what happens when I, you know, like you just said, 2000 people are all voting whether or not I go, I got to go left or right, you know,
1: Right. Uh, um, what
0: does that do for gameplay?
1: Yeah, so the way we've, we've built it so far, and I guess I should, I should preface this by saying um, the, the prototype uh, that you see on the Kickstarter page was built um, while at USC by like, a team of students. It, it was really built to kind of get the, the, the vertical slice kind of vision of the game across. It's by no means kind of a, a final product in terms right. of like a feature list or, or art, of course. Um, but we, we're kind of using that to show what the gameplay might look like or feel right. like. Um, And the way that works is uh, as the streamer, you are in first person. You're kind of going through this episode and each episode of the game show um, takes place in kind of a unique uh, horror setting. So um, imagine, you know, this, this game show with its infinite resources has been able to construct this kind of perfect replica of an environment where you might find a scary monster and have someone get scared. Um, and then they've imported this monster as if it was like some sort of foreign beast and put it within this layer of this episode. Mm. Um, and so the streamer or this player has to then survive the episode, um, while entertaining the fans in the process. Um, and as they're, you know, going through the forest is the first episode we've built. Um, they, they reach these three shacks and these, these shacks are kind of like checkpoints throughout the level. Um, and whenever you reach these, uh, the only way for you to leave is by initiating another vote and letting the audience vote for another modifier for the level. So let's say you go in, um, and the monster's right behind you. Uh, a, a vote um, is enabled where they say, "Okay, we can either make the player drunk, or we can, you know, pump out the fog machines and fill the level with the fog, so it's hard to see the monster." um and then the audience decides which one's more fun if they vote drunk then suddenly the player has like these like drunk trails on their vision when they look around maybe like their camera's listing a little bit um if you vote for fog then when you leave now there's like a heavy coat of fog around the whole level and the monster will kind of dissolve out of nowhere from a little bit closer
0: have you ever seen the technology called interlude
1: uh no i don't think i have
0: so if you go to you know my website, this is intriguing, and um, w- we actually did a rock paper scissors video where it's so it's very simple technology, but you play against somebody rock paper scissors, right? And there's three choices, and the video keeps looping, and you actually play. If I pick rock, there's there's all these different scenarios, you know, whatever it is. Like I think it's uh, twenty seven scenarios that could possibly exist based on rock paper scissors. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Where my head is going with this is that when we went and filmed this, you know, we basically kept making the same video over and over and over because we had to anticipate every single scenario that could exist, right? And then have that stuff queued up. Is that kind of the same thing that's going on with you? Like, like, you know, all your examples you use, you know, the shack, the monster. Do you have to make three different video games of scenarios <laughs> you, know, you know you know what i mean because it's like yeah. you know what i mean so like are, is it really like a huge workload to pull off a you know i don't know an hour game or however long the gameplay would be or the gameplay seems like it could be forever uh, right to some degree right
1: yeah so that's that's a really good point and essentially the reason we're able to go through kickstarter and kind of build the game in smaller steps um, is because we want to build it episodically, kind of yeah. like this this game show would. So instead of okay, we're gonna be like a triple A game with like you know these like ten hours of, of content right off the bat. Um, we're able to say okay, let's build you know let's say a thirty minute stretch of of content that is then replayable. You know this many times. Right. Um, and the way we make it replayable is by having all these modifiers. That doesn't mean we have to make you know ten different iterations of this forest level. Instead, we'll make the level. And it'll make all of these different ways it could be tweaked. So you know, the fog is one example. Maybe you know, we we have one version we've talked about where maybe we'd like, uh, like switch the the lo- locations of all the the objectives you have to go to, or like the trees reconfigure themselves. Um. So you know, where you the path that you are now you were familiar with is now not the path you had before. Uh, but just kind of a lot of different variations so that as you go in, each time you play and each of these modifiers are voted for, they all stack on top of each other and create kind of a, a unique, kind of like rock, paper, scissors set of outcomes. So right. let's say in each of these three shacks, they go they vote for Megafog, Drunk, and then Shrinking, where they shrink you to the size of like a little boy. Um, now suddenly you're like a tiny drunk in a world of fog, but then you go through again and like okay you know shrinking wasn't an option. Instead they voted for like squinting and they voted for like uh, uh, I'm making these up at this point because yeah, yeah, we're of course, out of course, yeah. things we've tested. Yeah. Um, but yeah and and so they they just keep adding these new modifiers and then like the audience might know oh when we have drunk and let's say uh, quicksand enabled. That's like a really potent combination. Like that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So let's try to like if if we vote drunk now, hopefully the next one's quicksand. And like they you know they start strategizing. that's that's kind of the replayability that we want, both for the streamer but also for the viewers, is that each time you play new strategies and new kind of emergent outcomes based on the level uh, will emerge, um, which is hopefully a way that we can build it where there's like, there's a lot of content for sure because it's all branching. Mm-hmm. Um, but rather than like you know a lot of art assets and a lot of like multiple levels and and you know multiple monsters, we we can kind of double down on on you know one really strong monster AI, one really strong original monster, one really strong level, and then make the rest of it really uh, tweakable. You know, sure,
0: sure. This this is fascinating how you're taking it into this level for video games because I've been playing with like I said interlude and then another t- technology called Cinematique. Um, and, again, I've, I've been exploring interactive video. So, again, trying to get – instead of just watching a three-minute video and then that's it, right? You know, I, I, I watch the video. Finding yeah. ways to – to, to and, and, and not even just, like, the YouTube of just, like, click to my Facebook page, right? Like, okay. Yeah. How do you take that video? So those are the two technologies I've been playing with, but I have not seen – that's why I was intrigued on this conversation, like, how it's being worked in the video game uh, you know, land. So how do you uh, – I guess, what, is this, what does scale look like in in your business plan? You, you know, obviously of your episodes, but in terms of art and graphics, and I'm, I'm sure there's got to be some sort of partnership with Twitch to some degree. You, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, so how does scale look in your business?
1: So there's there's a lot to, to respond to there. Yeah. Um, I, I think to begin with... Um, I'll kind of speak to the the business model itself um, in that, you know, we're essentially building a game for streamers and like online kind of people that enjoy or are interested in playing live for an audience. And that is a much smaller uh, like, you know, kind of niche audience compared to everyone that plays games, you know, right. not everyone streams, people are happy just playing single player. They don't necessarily want to uh, worry about, you know, other people watching them mm-hmm. and we're, we are planning to build an, an offline version too for people that enjoy that. Um, but that's not really our, our core kind of design philosophy. We, we really want to make sure, um, the game is built from the ground up with the audience of a live, uh, uh, at least of live streamer in, in mind. Um, and the way that we're doing that is, um, instead of not just like only, uh, monetizing on purchase of the game, um, we have a monetization, uh, strategy around, uh, Audience um, engagement within the website itself. So um, the way Twitch works for those you know that aren't too aware of it, um, essentially, instead of like a, a video on demand service like YouTube is, Twitch is you go on this website and you can live stream like a TV show to whoever decides to watch you when you're playing a video game. Um, and the way the way we've kind of flipped it on its head is we take this stream and we embed it on our own website. And on that website, you know, the chat is still there, the stream is still there. It's essentially the same as if you're watching on Twitch. However, on the left, there's a whole uh, panel uh, where there's a UI where you can click on buttons for these votes, which are happening in these shacks. Um, you can trigger kind of these instantaneous, uh, you can purchase these little things that will happen instantaneous in the level, such as like a super jump or super speed or slow-mo or something like that, mm-hmm. um, that the the streamer can either use to their advantage or it'll hurt them. You know, it, it, It's an emergent kind of reaction. Um, and that is kind of where our monetization comes from, is these things that you purchase, you're able to earn the right to purchase them from watching over time. So if you watch, let's say, two hours of someone streaming, um, you maybe have enough currency that you can buy three different things whenever you want. And you can re- save those up for like a really big effect, or you can kind of pepper them out over the next you know, hour or so um, on, on whatever streamer you want uh so that's kind of the free to play version but let's say there's an, a moment happening where you're like oh that'd be perfect if someone just did a super jump right now but no one's buying it like that could be me you can then kind of you know drop a few bucks and and do it for them and like you know trigger it for them wow um, and that's kind of our our unique model and we um it it sounds like it's kind of crazy and like who would actually pay for that um i've been testing it with my own stream so uh, I in addition to being a game designer um, like I mentioned earlier I'm a live streamer and a youtuber um, so one of the things I did before announcing this game was start a new series on my twitch channel uh, called Kryken's Coliseum where um, I would play through games that had um, admin controls so for example left for dead is a is a game where you um, survive against hordes of zombies and you know four players get from the beginning of a you know dystopian world to the end in a safe house and if they get through the end you know they survive um what i did was i went into left for dead and then i went into camera mode where instead of playing as one of the survivors i could fly around in a camera and i had a uh, cheat mode enabled where you're able to spawn zombies as if you know as if you can create your own kind of level um like live as the players are trying to survive it and what I did was um, instead of spawning them whenever I wanted to, I allowed the audience to purchase when these things would spawn. So um, if you're watching and you're like, oh, they're doing really well, I'm going to drop, you know, 50 bucks or, or like, you know, this currency that I've been earning over the last three days to buy a tank that they have to, they have to deal with. Um, that was essentially kind of my way of like beta testing this thing. And it was a super like, you know, interesting, like the viewers loved it. It got like a lot of really good feedback. Um, and people did it like we, I made a lot more money on, on those streams than I have in any, uh, any other streams. So, um, it, it really kind of showed that this is a thing that not only people are interested in watching, even if they're not like participating, but that, you know, as a participant, you still feel like you're getting your money's worth, which, you know, was really important.
0: You, you know, it's funny when you're talking about monetization, I, I, when I saw this, I was like, there's so many opportunities to monetize, to monetize this that I, I, I know it would happen. Um, a little backstory on me. I, I used to drive a uh, but he was fourteen to sixteen. I, it was a kid from the neighborhood who just couldn't get around his mom, single mom, and, and just needed some help. So I would pick him up and drive him to school and whatnot. All of my conversations was about him buying virtual things on his games in uh, in Steam, right? He, right the Steam. Mm-hmm. You, know, he, you know, again, not that versed in it, but he'd talk about these things like, "Oh yeah, that's why I, sp- I spent my twenty bucks on a hat." Uh, weapon, uh, you know, and I was just like, my yeah. God, the amount of money you're spending, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I was blown away. So when I saw yours, I was like, I, I totally could see people participating in this with, with dollars and, and, and I'm sure they probably feel like they're a part of it, you know, at, at that, you know, um, and then I think you're doing a great job of the way you're describing it of like, they're really, truly a part of that gameplay then at that moment. So, you know, it, fascinating totally fascinating how you're doing this
1: thank you so, um
0: so what's your background a little bit on this outside of enjoying video games i mean where'd you grow up
1: um so i grew up uh outside of philadelphia i was in kind of the suburbs um around there mm-hmm. uh i think the town was haverford um but i moved around a lot so okay. it, it was all around that area though
0: all right how'd you get out to out, out to uh usc right Is it, that's where you're at
1: yeah i'm in los angeles so, now
0: yeah, um, out in la how'd you get out there
1: so when I was in middle school, um, I started uploading YouTube videos. Uh, I was 14, I think, um, and it was like really simple videos about, you know, games because I love games. I love telling stories with games. I would often like invite friends over to my house and we'd play through uh, these games and I would like kind of narrate adventures as we'd play through them that weren't like a part of the actual narrative of the game. It was just kind of my own unique take on it. Um, and people really loved it. It was just like a a fun little experience that we could do. Um, and I was like, well, I like making videos. So why not? I'll just make videos of these adventures. Um, and I started doing that and YouTube was like just kind of taking off at that time. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of a matter of being in the right place at the right time. Um, and I, you know, started to grow an audience, uh, over, you know, my high school years, it, kind of flourished more. Um, I kind of did, you know, school by day and then videos by night, um, and, and then over that time, I, I just kind of built up more of a following and, you know, half a million subscribers by the time I, I finished uh, high school. Um, and then I was kind of at the situation of like, okay, I, I'm, I'm doing well enough that I could make this a full-time job and not go to college um, and probably be pretty successful. Uh, but I always wanted to make games and I don't think I'd be satisfied just making videos of games for my whole life. Right. Um, so I said, all right, you know what, I want to I go to school. I'm going to make games. Um, and at that time I was partnered with a, um, a, a multi-channel network, uh, which basically is like a, an agent that, that, or an agency that manages a bunch of other YouTube channels, um, that was in LA. They're, they're called maker studios. Um, they're acquired by Disney recently, uh, or I guess a couple of years ago. Um, but I was, I was partnered with them and I knew a lot of people out there and they're like, Oh, come to LA. Like, you know, the, everything's so <laughs> busy out here. It's a great place. And. Um, like, USC's here, it's a great school. So, like, well, okay. So I went and visited USC, and, and you know, they're right. Like, the, the program was great. Um, it was in the film school, which I loved film also, and I wanted to be exposed to that world. Um, and it was also next to, you know, all of the wonderful opportunities that living in L.A. affords. So right. um,
0: so is it an actual, like, video game program through USC, or what, what's the program like? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the program's called Interactive Media and Game Development, um, and it's essentially... Uh, like a boot camp in teaching you all aspects of uh, video game development through kind of making prototypes on your own with all these different students that you're collaborating together. Um, you can learn, you know, specifically like the, the software engineering side or you can learn, um, you know, the art development side. You can learn the producing side, the design side, uh, the directorial sort of side. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of able to specialize as you move through the, the major Um, and that's, that's kind of what I did. I mean, they, they do a pretty good job of getting your, uh, you know, your feet wet with the actual development. It's it's not like a bunch of lectures where they tell you, Oh, games should be this because, you know, to be honest, no one really knows what games should be at this point. Like it's such a expansive and, and, you know, an early medium and, and like, you know, kind of industry, uh, people are always still like finding it. Um, so instead they're like, all right, well, let's just make some stuff. And then you know, there's like a board game class where you have to try and make a good board game. There's a, there's like an introduction to Unity class where you start making like kind of small prototypes. Uh, you begin by actually remaking uh, retro games that were already kind of successful and worked well. Um, so obviously like the designs and kind of like their art uh, already works. So it was like, okay, take all the hard parts that have already been done and, you know, try to strap together some code so it plays kind of like the, the original. Um, and that was super interesting because... You know, once once you start building things that already work and then you start building your own original things and you realize how hard it is to make something that actually works well, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the fascinating stuff.
0: What's the process like, uh, you know, kind of ground zero to start this because it requires I mean, you just went through so many different team members you would have to have, right? So what? Mm-hmm. How, how are you organizing this sort of, God, all the people you just mentioned that it would take to do a to, to do a game like you're talking about
1: um well i guess depending on do you mean like a small uh, student project game or the sort of game that ICU ended up being because, yeah I, I
0: guess like how ICU ended up being you know what, what okay. what's your team look like for this
1: so yeah this is an interesting story um the way usc works is uh you do all those small classes that i mentioned before as you're kind of moving your way up kind of through the years uh where you learn pretty well the development cycle of a game um, you know, it, it begins with pre-production where you there's like a lot of design, like a lot of uh long, you know, paper documents of uh you know, way things should be and kind of like you're, you you try to budget all of the features um that you wanna add with like, you know, timestamps like this should probably take this long to make and then this is really important to get working before we work on this, so that we should, you know, front end this in our schedule and you know that That stage of pre-production is mostly design and production mm. um, pr- productions like you know producers who are who are keeping track of the timing of everything and making sure um, you're prioritizing the right things. and if something needs to be cut, kind of picking which things need to be cut. Um, but uh, so that that's kind of the beginning phases, and a lot of the classes there kind of focus on showing you what that's like. Um, and then when you get to your uh, your junior and your senior year, you have the opportunity to join what they call an advanced game project, um, which is essentially, uh, a, a micro kind of cosm of the AAA development cycle in the gaming industry at large. Um, and the way they simulate this is by having uh, any student that wants can pitch a game idea to a kind of council gurus of industry experts and, and professors. Um, and then they'll pick five of those projects to get made over the entirety of next year.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and so um, what I did was I worked with uh, some students to um, you know, put together kind of the pitch for ICU, which was a very different game back then than it is now. Like, it, it's amazing the amount of iteration and change uh, that gets made over that time. Um, but then we pitched it uh, first in like a a long kind of written document. You know, we were you know went into the next round of of success after that one. Then we had a uh, a PowerPoint presentation where we talked kind of through all the um, the features we want to have and and why you know we think this is a good game to make at the school. Um, and then we were selected as one of the five projects, um, that next year I, I'm was the creative director. So, uh, we, we started bringing on other leads. Uh, we essentially need to find a design lead, a engineering lead, a production lead, and an art director, um, as well as a QA lead. Hmm. Um, and, uh, QA quality assurance. Uh, they do like mostly testing yeah. to, you know, find bugs and to, to prove that, the, like the, the user experience goals that you were set as you set out to do are being achieved correctly um so and then there's also like an audio designer and like you know there, there's like a million yeah, different yeah. roles um it's like, it's like a hollywood
0: so, movie it sounds like you
1: know oh yeah i i would even say like a hollywood movie um i i would say games definitely take more variety of skill sets and and kind of uh, and and background than than even you know a movie does because yeah. you know you you go from 2 art to 3 art to you know to sound to like sound mixing to like like there's a, so many different facets of it and then it gets like you know post-productions like marketing and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. like it, it it there's a whole lifespan for it that where a movie you kind of make it you know there's like the production then you send it to post-production and then you ship it um, games are like an ongoing kind of uh, workforce right Uh but regardless, so we we made this uh, the student project over the course of the full year. Um, I was the lead of. I think we had uh, we had like we had like thirty to forty students working at it at one point. Um, th- both like you know local and I think in a total of four different continents at one point. Like we had people from around the world also working on it. Um, it was basically a nightmare to manage. Uh, in part, both because you know we're students this is our first time managing this many people um and second like you, you know we're we're discovering this game as we're making it right, so ev- right. everything is like kind of uh like every week was like calling it audible and we're like all right, <laughs> right. uh you know, let's go this way um but by the end you know I we ended up with a thing that you know by some miracle <laughs> captured what we what we set out to do um and then we you know went on to take it to the next phase with, with Kickstarter and over the summer seeking investment and stuff. Wow.
0: Well, let's fl- that sounds like a good time to flip it over to the actual Kickstarter. So, as of right now, when we're, in, we're doing this uh, interview, you're at 77,000, but you also have 1,700 backers, you know, over 1,700 backers, with 25 days to go. So, you know, outside of your network from from YouTube, you personally... Where are all the backers coming from because it seems like you didn't have a big network from Facebook Twitter and the other kind of social media channels so is it all youtubers coming over uh,
1: yeah well we I've never really been good with Facebook I think that's that's like one uh, one disclaimer I, I've never I've always been very good at kind of the social media stuff that I've committed myself to but I, I can't handle so many different kind of like places I have to post on right so I usually just kind of consolidate and, and focus on a few individual ones um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, so essentially the, the way the launch happened was, um, about two days before the Kickstarter launch, I, uh, released a video to my subscribers, um, on YouTube. I have, I think just shy of, um, 700,000 subscribers. Um, and I released a video to them saying like, all right, you know, you guys have watched me for the last eight years, um, over that time like we've done this and this and this, and you, you've kind of learned these things about me. As you know, I've been in school, you know, studying game development, and I kind of rehashed this whole story that we talked yeah. about. Um, but I ended it saying like, you know, this is the next big stage for me. And, you know, I, I, I like to think that I've, I've been there for you guys to some degree. But, you know, if if you are interested in helping me, this is the time I need it. Um, and, you know, I was completely blown away by the, you know, unanimously positive support that they, they showed both on that day and on the Kickstarter launch day. Uh, I think we hit um, 50,000, which was our, our goal in the first eight hours uh, wow. of launching the campaign. So um, not only them, like the, the subscribers, but when I posted on Twitter, um, I'm, I'm friends and acquaintances with a variety of YouTubers from from my time um, on that site, and, and they kind of came out of the woodwork. Like I, I hadn't talked to some of them in a long time, but you know they they know me and they, they respect kind of the work that I've done, and they they showed their support they they tweeted out too and they're like you know this guy i've known him for a while like you know i think this is gonna be a great game everyone check it out um and and that, that really gave us like that signal boost to 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 re- reach that large audience on the first day um and yeah i mean that's i think that's kind of the reason it, it did so well right away
0: yeah so no no kind of um email sign up or anything like that for a, for <laughs> it was it nothing like nope. that right
1: right no it was it was entirely uh grassroots if you want to call it through yeah. youtube and twitter that was pretty much the the entirety of our <laughs> our yeah, well, social postings
0: grassroots with 10 years of building an audience on youtube you know
1: yeah so.
0: yeah you could you could do that easily these days you know <laughs> wow, wow 10 years so how did you come up with the goal amount of fifty thousand with with what sounds to me like a huge project
1: yeah so I, I guess the, the disclaimer there is we, we have other kind of investors that we're talking to, to like, we're not planning on all of our money to come from Kickstarter. Sure, yeah. um, I think that's one pitfall for a lot of uh, projects is they, you know, they set their goal as like, yeah, like we'll reach the goal, but then, you know, we'll actually be able to make like the real game. Like right, right. It, it, it that's not really, I, I've never intended it for that. And so it's been really important to me that when I'm, when I'm talking with these other kind of investors, um, we plan to get all of the money to essentially make what we're promising from them alone. And Kickstarter um, is we're treating more as like a uh, a stretch goals pass, um, yep. where we we have this base game, the minimum viable product that I think the game needs to to show kind of its personality and what it's trying to do. Um, and then Kickstarter is used more to prove a that there's an audience out there that wants this, b that we can have playtesters throughout development because you know. As I've told people, like this is a game that can't be developed like in a bubble. Right. It it's built for audiences, you know, and needs to be built by audiences. So I want these backers to be involved throughout development, giving us feedback, and you know, you know, helping us as we're making it. Um, and then see, like, you know, the the more money that we can reach through here, the kind of further we can push the scope of, of you know, the first launch of the game. So, um, those are kind of the reasons why why Kickstarter and the the fifty thousand goal itself. Um, was kind of how much we believed we needed to show uh, that there was interest. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I we we proved it, I guess, with eight hours on the first day. Right, but,
0: you right. Know. Well, you know what I love on, um, I have a lot of these conversations for board games, and I just love how that community uses stretch goals to enhance the game. And you're mm-hmm. doing something very similar with this, where your stretch goals just keep, you know, you know, it looks like they could probably go on and on and on, frankly, with the oh, yeah. way your strategy is. And I think that's just so smart. So kind of when you were standing there going, all right, we're going to do the stretch goals. Did you have something in mind, you know, for, you know, what these stretch goals look like?
1: Um, yeah, we, we budgeted out kind of, uh, so my, my partner Garvin, and I, who's also on the Kickstarter page, um, we, we budgeted out, uh, like, you know, the, the first, um, like we, I think let's say like, stretch goals up until, um, a hundred thousand, I think within, you know, but b- when we launched we're like, all right, we know how much this stuff is going to cost. Um, and we think this is a good way to kind of space it out so that, you know, we're giving ourselves enough kind of leeway that we can, uh, um, you know, there as, as money goes to reward, fulfillment and like legal costs and all those other things, we want to leave ourselves enough kind of wiggle room that we're not like, like actually counting, you know, our, you know, each piece.
0: Sure. Um,
1: after that, we we just kind of looked at like the larger picture of like, okay, um, some of these stretch goals that we're going to be getting to a little bit later, um, we might not necessarily have these as part of the initial launch product. Like we might have some version of the game launched before this stuff makes it in. And in that case, um, we can potentially support our development until we get to that point. So, you know, there there is kind of like a, a point where, um, it's less about the money and more about kind of the momentum and the interest shown. Um, and if once you reach like a certain level, like the game itself is going to get made, and we're going to get to a point where we can release a uh, a playable version and something that you know can potentially start making us some money back, so we can keep developing it. Um, and then once you get there, then you know whether or not we're going to have one episode or three episodes is you know is this going to be a matter that we can only tell then. Um, so. Yeah, I I guess the stretch goals themselves, um, like you said, there's a huge list that we have planned, and we 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 always have this discussion right before we announce the next one that's that's going to be coming about uh, like which one is probably the best one to show now because a lot of the stuff that isn't been shown already um, or the stretch goals that are already on there we may end up already have like we may actually add anyway. Um, but which ones do we want to show as like an achievable next step for the viewers because we want to make sure that those feel like a, a, pro- a progression in the right direction and something that we can uh, like basically a moment that we can talk more about each of those individual things. So, sure. For example, uh, the green room is kind of, the, the most recent one we just hit, is like a, uh, a, a, a content piece that is built around um, the lore of the level and the world and the game show and a specific place that the streamer can be with their audience um, before actually beginning the level that's a little bit more kind of relaxed and like more of an introduction into the world. Um, And then the next one is like, you know, that's like on the streamer side, the next one's on the viewer side. And it's like, all right, we have audience minigames and we have Mm -hmm. like a whole set of discussions of of features around that. And um, so we're trying to like, you know, straddle them out in a way that we're kind of supporting both the streamer player type and the, you know, the viewer player type.
0: That's awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's intriguing how you have the two different worlds kind of going on here of the gamers and the actual audience, you know, to, yeah, to be yeah. able to, to you know, that all that all verge together at some point, you know, it's really intriguing. And and the other interesting thing is kind of going through your rewards, uh, kind of looking through this before, before we talked, and you've moved a couple high end items, you know, you had a $5,000 yeah. one, you know, tell me a little bit about those high end rewards and, and how you came up with those.
1: Yeah, um, so we. I'm I'm pretty good friends with uh, Jordan Wiseman, who is the uh, kind of the the lead of um, Hairbrain Studios, um, which uh, kickstarted uh, the Shadowrun Returns series and BattleTech. Um, and we're lucky enough to have a lot of great advice from from him and some other kind of uh, very Kickstarter savvy uh, individuals. Um, and we are constantly checking with them on our rewards, on like you know how soon do we have physical rewards? Because if anyone. Has here has run a Kickstarter before? You know, like physical rewards will kill you if you don't like, you know, budget those out very carefully. Um, And then on the higher end, like, what someone that is actually going to drop five thousand dollars on your project, you know, why would they be um, influenced to do that? Like, you know, they both have to care about the idea enough, but also, you know, they probably want to affect it in some way. They want to be a part of the development. Um, And so our higher tier ones. Uh, end up getting into you personally can customize things that will be in the final game. Um, You get to leave your impact on the world um, versus a little bit lower is more like, you know, oh, you have this sort of prestige about you so that when you're consuming the world from, you know, a live stream or from someone else's perspective, uh, people will notice and kind of be in awe of you um, at at an early stage. Um, so we kind of try to fit different, uh, player types, I guess, in, yeah. in our, our rewards. Um, cause that's kind of what we're doing with the game as well is like, we, we need to support people that are only interested in playing the game as a streamer. So we kind of set our rewards so that if that's all you're interested in, there's like a pretty, you know, easy to see tier of things that, you know, like a, after that point, it's, it's more about the viewers than about the streamer. So you, you might not want to go higher than that. Yeah. Um, right. versus if you're a viewer, um, there's and so many different types of viewers there's like you know the, just the silent watcher that just wants to you know lurk and just be observing the, the playthrough but not actually interact. Um, there's the people that want to enter the room and everyone to like recognize them and kind of greet them. There's the people that want recognition from the streamer itself and, and be like you know you know be able to buy the big impact things that you shout out their name and curse them or you know praise them whatever way. Um, and so we tried to build in these tiers. So that each of those people would kind of find their home, uh, and and find kind of something to motivate them to to give more to the game.
0: Wow, that, that's awesome! Awesome strategy. So, this is your first Kickstarter, correct?
1: Uh, yes, I. Well, um, I've been a part of two others. I okay. haven't led them. Um, I worked on a. Uh, I was executive producer of a film that my roommate actually made, a feature film that went through Kickstarter, um, and that that was called Rental. Uh, and that we, we filmed on like a shoestring budget, um, in a, uh, in a, uh, a rental uh, movie store in Santa Monica, um, during their off hours. So it was like (laughs) a pretty crazy set. Um, but it was a really good time. And that was kind of our first experience with crowdfunding, um, and yeah, I, I just did that more to support him out of anything. Um, after that, I, I was a little bit of a role in um, kickstarting Close Your, um, which was another game that actually ended a little bit before we started ours. Um, that was a game that I worked on my uh, freshman and sophomore year of USC. Um, it's essentially a game where uh, the player is playing in front of a webcam and the webcam tracks your, your eyes and your, your face while you're playing it. And whenever you blink in real life, um, the life of the character you're playing in this game fast-forwards in time. So your life is literally flashing before your eyes oh, as you're playing
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that one. That one was successful, wasn't it?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, it got funded a, as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, there was some, I think that was on like a Mashable or something like that. I mean, it had some press around that one, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we actually also showed off at IndieCade where we won the Developer's Choice Award, and we showed off at the um, International Games Festival, yeah. where we won Best Student Game of 2014, 2015. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so the reason I asked this question was, I mean, your page is built perfectly, right? It, you know, there's, I don't see any flaws, you know, in your page. Did you work with an well, agency you. at all, or did it was just just? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: Yeah, we we worked with um, with again Jordan Wiseman was was a, a good influence. Yeah. We um, we met with a lot of different. Um, Advisors, I, I'm lucky enough, both being in L.A. and from kind of the extensive network I've built on YouTube, um, I'm able to kind of meet with a lot of variety of people, like a lot of variety of skill sets. And um, we, especially with like the experimental nature of this game, everyone's interested to give their their opinion and their right. feedback. Right. Um, so that could be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, we've gotten things like across the board of, of reactions. Um, so. We kind of leveraged that and, and kind of workshopped this, um, the, the visuals and kind of the the tone of it and like uh, all of those sort of things over uh, over about two two or three months over the summer, um, and the last month was really kind of where most of the art was produced, um, and yeah, I don't know, I mean it it's it's there's no guidebook on how to make a Kickstarter, um, but if you look through. Other successful Kickstarters, kind of like what they have in common, there's usually some sort of a common thread. Yep. And you, you talk with a lot of people that have been involved in making them and kind of how they, they scheduled their development, their, their production. Uh, you'll generally kind of find a, that common thread, yeah. Sure.
0: So you're sitting with 25 days to go. You're, you, you know, you funded. You got a, stretch goals are happening. What's the climate like right now for you? What, what does the next 25 days look like?
1: Oh boy. Um, So we just got back from TwitchCon, which was uh, basically a convention that that Twitch, the site that we're kind of basing ourselves around, uh, throws. And that was last weekend. Um, And there I kind of met like a ton of great developers and streamers and and Twitch employees who are all super supportive. Um, And, you know, from that, we're basically in a a position of like, okay, you know, we, we still need to kind of prove ourselves. Um, as a development studio because this is our first game it's pretty experimental we're kind of coming i'm i'm personally coming from a a different field really and and you know Proving to everyone that I've got the chops as a as a game designer and developer um, is kind of like the new focus. So this uh, this month is really built around getting this playable prototype that we've already built in the hands of streamers in the hands of YouTubers, um, in, in the hands of press people that can look at it and say, okay, yeah, this is a real game. They're not, you know, yeah. it's a great concept. Like everyone, everyone looks at it, it's like, oh, sounds really cool. Does it actually work? Right. Um, we want to show that. Sure, even though the thing we have now is a really kind of bastardized version of the game, it still works, and it's still fun to watch. So we're trying to kind of establish ourselves there and get it out to to more people that are maybe on the fence to really kind of convince them that um, we know okay. what we're doing, or at least we have a good enough idea to know what we're doing right. that we we believe we'll be able to achieve it. Um, and yeah, so that that's kind of our main focus over this next month.
0: Is there any sort of you know laser beam strategy to kind of put that trust in more people or is it just, you know, put it on YouTube, just keep, just keep getting the word, you know, kind of grinding it out.
1: Um, by trust, do you mean, well, I mean uh, just,
0: just the, what you were kind of describing of like, you know, just getting more and more people to trust that you know what you're doing huh. to, to deliver this game. You know, is there any sort of, you know, real strategy that you can pull around that or not?
1: Um, that's a good question. And, and, you know, if I had the answer to it, then I'd, <laughs> I'd be, I'd, I'd be a lot happier. Um, I think the, the situation for me is really just making sure, uh, people can decide for themselves if it, if it looks like we know what we're doing. I think, um, we're going to, uh, really push like other people playing it and I'll be in the call with them and kind of explain the context of everything. Um, so that, you know, even people are like, oh, there's a bug. It's like, yeah, we know. You know, it, right, we're very right, aware there's a bug there and it's going to be broken here and here. We'll tell you that ahead of time. Um, what we really want is for you to s- tell us if you feel like it was good playing it yeah. um, and if you feel like you'd want to see more because that's really what the Kickstarter is about is, is pushing it forward in the future and giving us the opportunity to make it better. Um, and so that's kind of the, the way we're positioning it is like, um, you know, a lot of, of, of me kind of getting in front of the game and kind of explaining the context and then B, letting people just go at it and share their opinions with us because um, actually the day after we launched the Kickstarter, I, I did a, t- a test stream on my own uh, Twitch channel um, and we had 2,000 people watching. And so in that test stream, uh, I told them all, okay, this is going to be busted to all hell. We've never played with 2,000 people at once and I guarantee you it's not going to work like we were hoping. Um, what we want to see is how fast it breaks, what breaks it, right, and right. if it's still fun, and like how we can fix this. Um, and they're everyone's like, okay. And then I press the go button, and like within the first ten seconds, it's just like completely been <laughs> flooded by by commands and everything. Um, and it was, you know, it was still playable. Uh, it was just like, you know, definitely not the ideal experience, but um, it it still was entertaining for people. I we did a survey afterwards that five hundred people filled out. Um, and the, the results were all pretty like unanimous, like they really enjoyed it. You know, they, they wish this, this, and this were fixed, but they, they realized kind of the difficulty and they gave suggestions on how maybe we could kind of work around it. Um, there was like a whole suggestion tab of like, you know, 300 responses that were like super creative. And some of those we were actually, uh, working on implementing now into the next iteration of the build that we're testing. Um, because like. Yeah, I mean I, I had no idea that this like online viewership that has always been anonymous, you know, to me as a as a streamer, it's like you may recognize a couple names, but they're just kind of it's hard to to break them down further once there's right. like more than a thousand. So yeah. um and to then suddenly have them kind of coming out of the woodwork and like suggesting different things and kind of citing other games that did this and to realize like, yeah, these are all super intelligent people that really care about this game as well and are suddenly like lifting it on their shoulders and trying to get it, you know, further and farther. And mm-hmm. that really, oh man, it, it really meant the world to me. So
0: I think that's, more that, that. that's like the great thing about Kickstarter that, that I've had to explain to some clients too, that if you're open and honest about the process, that's what the backers want to be. They want to be a part of that process. So everything you're saying to me, it's like, you're, to me, you're sounding like you're going down all the perfect right path of like, Hey, we know it's going to break, I, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm aware, but to get, you know, steps, you know, EFG, I got to break it, you know? And as long as you're open and honest, people, I I think people love that because they, you know, they're watching it, they're growing with it, they feel good, you know, whatever, they feel good about it. So, yeah, I I think you're spot on, man. You just keep that up and keep that open and honest, man, it just seems like people are just going to eat this up because you have the track record of the last 10 years and and, you know, your heart's in the right spot, right? And I think that's the other thing about, about Kickstarter and crowdfunding in general is like, you know, it's not like you just came on the video game market or, or, you know, industry a couple days ago. and like, oh yeah, I really, I know everything about video game. It's like, man, you you got a YouTube channel, you you know, this is your life, you know? So I think that's, that also has to be, just be going, uh, uh, like gangbusters for you, but I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, but I'll tell you, man, this is very intriguing. I'm that guy who probably said like some other people where it's like very intriguing idea. I want to see how you pull this off. You know, mm-hmm. like and it's it just it really looks cool, man. Like it's just very very cool. I love the interactive interactiveness uh that you that you got going on here. Looks awesome man.
1: Well great. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yeah, I'm happy to happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much.
1: All right, take care, man. Yep.